we check out Stranger Things Premium. EAG Show Report. Free toppers for Rick and Morty buyers. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine, and I'm here with... Martin Ebb, the editor of Pinball News. And we're here to look back on the very first month of the year 2020, which is, of course, January. Right. And what an exciting month it has been. Well, well actually, it hasn't. Yes. <laughs> um, mostly no. No, it was a rather quiet month in Pinball, although we did have a... Um, well, just before... Uh, the, the month began, Stranger Things was revealed and started shipping immediately. So that's interesting. Um, there were two trade shows where Stern was present and uh, as well with Stranger Things. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the biggest news came from Spooky Pinball. Well, that is our, yeah, it was our third headline. Um, so let's let's jump to that one then straight away, and then we'll we'll come back to uh, to what's been happening to, to, with some of the uh, the Stranger Things. Well, uh, just to tease a little bit, um, uh, there was also the EAG show um, where Stern Pinball had a, 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 a big presence, or the only pinball presence, the only I should pinball say. Presence. Yeah, um, and um, I recorded a little interview with um, Stern Investment Manager uh, or Investor Dave Peterson, who is also in charge of um, uh, some of the uh, daily operations. Uh, or at least daily management at uh, Stern. Um, so we have like a uh, 10 to 12 minute interview with him where he's looking back on uh, the year 2019 and he's talking about plans for 2020. And um, I think we also have uh, um, George Gomez quickly stopping by. So um, oh, let's not also forget that uh, we are really planning to have uh, our, our calling guest this time as well we've, we've gone to just to, to big efforts to make sure that uh, that we're actually going to have gary on the show this time i uh, i actually uh, instant messaged him last night to make sure that he would be available for this recording and he, he got back to me and said yeah absolutely he's going to call in during the show so uh, we've got that to look forward to as well yeah, so. i hope he has some interesting news then yeah i'm sure he will he always does so uh, yeah so it's, it's it's going to be an interesting... Uh, so interesting it was a slow month, but it still will be an interesting episode. Absolutely, yeah. There's a lot going on. Okay, so let's uh, start things off with uh, Rick and Morty then, uh, where Spooky um, basically surprised everybody in the community, I would say, by announcing that all Rick and Morty buyers, um, all 750, will get a free motorized topper with their game. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's uh, interactive, motorized with with flashes, um, not just some uh, you know some cut out piece of acrylic with the, the, the back or bottom lit. So this uh, this was a very welcome New Year present for uh, all those 750 lucky buyers of the game. So uh, congratulations to them and and a huge kudos to Spooky for uh, for uh, putting that one out of the bag uh, unexpectedly. Right, especially in this. Uh, uh day and time and age if you want to call it um, where um, well we discussed it last month uh, Star Wars Topper was like $750 so that's quite a bold statement to just give a Topper away 
Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously they'd sold all the games already, so they didn't need to do that in order to drum up sales. So no. that's uh, a, a totally, uh, totally uh, generous gift from them. We so haven't seen the chopper yet. Well, I'm not sure that uh, whatever it is, is if no, it's most... they could easily charge 200 for it and everybody would still oh, have yeah. taken it. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or there may still be you know, an option on, uh, on modding it or uh, upgrading it in some way, but even so... Um, to get that for for nothing is a, is a very welcome New Year present, right? So that's um, well. and talking of, of, of receiving things, um, in order to buy a Rick and Morty pinball, you had to have signed up to the the Spooky Pinball Fan Club. As part of that deal, you also would be getting a number of sort of goodies supplied through the uh, the mail, and some of those have been arriving at fan club members homes now and uh, they've been been showing the package that they've, they've got which which generally seems to be um two different colored uh, can cozies to keep your uh, your beer or soft drink uh, cool or at the required temperature uh, a large poster a very large poster actually which uh, which is about the, the fan club and spooky pinball and uh, the, the games they've produced so far uh, you get a keychain as well, a uh, Spooky Pinball fan club keychain and uh, a club membership card. So that's uh, a nice little uh, package of goodies coming through the mail for uh, all those people who have signed up to the Spooky Pinball fan club. Uh, if you haven't signed up yet, you won't be getting that this year. You'll, if you sign up now, you'll be in uh, uh, in next. Well, you'll be in this year's membership, but they won't get their their goodies until um, till the next till next year, I don't think. So it's an annual uh, subscription. So uh, um, those who did sign up will uh, either have got their their goodies or will be getting them shortly. So uh, congratulations to uh, fan club members. Right. Okay. So um, um, yeah, I thought it was a quite a bold move uh, by Spooky Pinball, and um, um, I haven't seen any responses from other manufacturers to that. But I can imagine that. Either they would be shaking their heads in disbelief or not approve of such a gesture, but that's just pure speculation on my end. So, and which, we, which gesture are we talking about? <laughs> right. So, um, we're talking about the toppers, are we? Sorry, are we talking about the toppers or the fan club? No, the the, the toppers. Oh right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's obviously a, a, a big revenue stream for uh, for many other, or certainly a big selling point. But other other pinball manufacturers still obviously make a, a big uh, thing out of, out of toppers for their games, and uh, Josie Jack Pinball as well do different toppers for the different different models of theirs as well, and that's uh, that's a big selling point for getting the the collector edition is to get the the, the best the, the top of the range topper. And so the fact that uh, that Spooky are then uh, sort of unexpectedly giving it away for free um, is is wonderful news for for the buyers, but. Um, you also also wonder whether it's going to uh, leave uh, a level of expectation on on all future spooky titles that, that there will be a, a free topper added. Yeah, I haven't thought about it like that, but uh, that's a good point. So, oh well, um, at least spooky has at least eighteen months uh, before they um, have to uh, to start worrying about that or about. Um, since, uh, well, they'll be busy building Rick and Morty. And um, surprisingly, the game has not yet been streamed on uh, any of the uh, pinball streaming channels uh, out there. Uh, but that should not take too long, if I may believe what I hear from various 
uh, people. Uh, so uh, we're looking forward to um, to seeing um, what the topper looks like and uh, how it interacts with the game, and of course uh, how the game plays. Yeah, the game's the game's on the line. It's being being built. Uh, on the uh, Speaky Pinball Facebook page, there's pictures of it on the production line. Yeah, uh, but the game hasn't been shipped yet. Uh, I think they're still waiting for a few uh, code updates and some of the assets still um, uh, need to be approved. So, um, ah, so they are building but not shipping yet. Okay. Well, that's um, it's unusual for us to start with Spooky Pinball. Uh, actually, we had done it last time. Well, I can't remember with uh, with Rick and Morty. But um, have, as we have started with them, let's go uh, back to our well. Let's go. Let's go to the um, our show report then. Uh, the right. EHE show, yeah. where where you you flew over. Yes. Uh, and I took the uh, the Docklands Light Railway to get there. That's a little, little easier for me to get to um, the Excel Centre in London's Docklands, uh, where the annual EAG International Expo show, to give it its full name, was was being held in um, halls, uh, I think, one to nine, um, halls north, one to nine. Uh, it was about the same size as, as it was last year, I think, although... The, as we mentioned earlier, there was uh, not a lot, not a lot of pinball presence other than on the Electricoin stand. Right. Where, uh, Electricoin are the UK distributors for Stern Pinball, and they had. Oh, now, now I'm struggling. Was it five? Five, five games. Yes, uh, they had an Iron Maiden Pro, uh, Beatles Gold, Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro, a. Uh, let me think. Deadpool, I think, wasn't it? Uh, no, it wasn't Deadpool. It um, if only somebody had done a report about it. Oh, my no, uh, Jurassic Park Pro and, oh, um, Stranger, uh, and Stranger Things Pro. Um, obviously, um, well, Stranger Things was a title that had just been announced. Um, uh, a lot of uh, pinball enthusiasts came over uh, to the show to play Stranger Things. Um Interestingly, um, well, first let's add that there also was a premium model of Stranger Things at the show, but that was in an upstairs uh, conference room that, uh, well, first of all, that's away from all the noise on the show floor, which is uh, a good thing, Um, as the premium model has a projector, um, it also allowed um, uh, the, the the lighting around that room to be less bright than uh, than the show floor uh, usually is. Um, but what I also find uh, found very interesting, um, I've been watching gameplay of Stranger Things for uh, well almost two days on the show floor, and I don't think I saw anybody being able to shoot the ball through the Demogorgon. Uh, toy um, lots of people were shooting at it it didn't award almost any points at all so it was hardly worth it um, but nobody was able to shoot it through while on the premium model um, I watched I think only two or three games being played and during every game at least somebody was able to shoot the ball through the Demogorgon toy yes I think that's true. I think that could well be indicative of the fact that the game 
it's very sensitive to how it is set up. It needs to be set up at exactly the right angle. Um, and, of course, with the as we saw with the premium, it, it needs to be in in favourable lighting conditions, shall we say. It doesn't, um, you wouldn't want to put it in incredibly bright lighting uh, situation. But we also saw when they turned the lights on, to you know, the normal uh, office lights on in the uh, in the conference room where the premium was set up, you could still see all the projector effects quite adequately. Yeah. Perfectly good. So it's it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be in a totally darkened room. In, a, in normal lighting in, uh, conditions, it's fine. But in very bright light, it uh, it will probably struggle a bit and, and not be uh, not be uh, projecting its best um, um, appearance, shall we say? Um, yeah. It's 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 a nice effect, but um, it it is it is in uh, very carefully to make sure that the game plays and looks its best. Right. So, um, yeah, and uh, while speaking of the effect, uh, what the projector adds to the game, um, um, I sense a bit of mixed responses, but having seen the effect um, uh, in person, um, I was actually surprised that Stern is not planning to use this technology on uh, future games. Uh, because the, uh, the the concept of using the projector in order to uh, actually animate uh, uh, targets on the playfield and the entrances of ramps and uh, uh, and what have you drop targets um, uh, and and um, the the walls of the ramps and so on. Yeah, I think that it has a very big potential. I mean, it's almost like. Uh, a pinball 2000 but without having the mirrored glass so you actually can see the back of uh, the, the, the the back part of the play field um, I think it has a big potential I think that spinner image on the on the left which is constantly being animated even if the spinner isn't spinning uh, that was a very nice touch and obviously they can do that with with every element of the playfield that's sticking out so I see lots of potential um, at the same time I also say that for what we saw on Stranger Things which still has incomplete go- uh, code I'd say yeah, the, the feature is currently underused yes it's um, of all the games I think I, that's probably it's probably the, the the game that I would say Stern has brought out with the with the least complete code, or the, as far as the graphics and, uh, and probably the rules as well. I think it was it was very light. It, 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 although um, obviously Brian Eddy has been working on the game for for quite a while, uh, it didn't look as if the code had been worked on for that long. It looked it looked like a fairly basic. Um, rule set and a fairly um, minimal set of animations and sound effects and uh, lighting effects right. on the game. So there's a long way to go, um, and it's I mean, it's worth mentioning also that um, they just brought out a new, not just earlier this month or earlier in uh, January, there was a, a code for Stranger Things update, which was version 0.81, which um, 
which you might struggle to find actually on Stern's website, which is a bit bizarre. Um, it doesn't come up in the in the list of of new code, um, and that's because uh, they put it on the website as and and in the README file as well as being dated as the eighth of January twenty nineteen, huh. not twenty twenty. So it's pushed way down the bottom of the list of, of code updates. But uh, it definitely is there. If you go to the Stranger Things page. Um, and then you'll find it directly. But uh, if you go to the code updates page, you won't. Um, but it, it does do a lot of bug fixes. Um, not 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 huge on uh, on new features or, or new modes. But there's a lot of stuff in there which uh, you you generally sort of expect to be ironed out before the game is shown, and um, and it does all that. So, um, but only 0.81. So it's a long way to go. Until it uh, reaches version uh, 1.0, which will be the uh, you know the production complete version. Right. So um, um, while uh, seeing the game at the show, I got the impression that the uh, uh, the code that was running on the premium model was further along than the code on the uh, uh, pro game, but that could just also be my interpretation. Um, so I don't know. Anyway. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we also, or at least I talked to uh, Dave Peterson, who is the um, uh, the head of the investment group that invested in Stern Pinball uh, in 2010. Um, and uh, basically, we discussed uh, the year 2019 and um, uh, and the plans for. Uh, 2020. Now, uh, obviously, we recorded this at the show floor, so there is a little bit of noise. I tried to reduce it a bit, but uh, okay. Let's let's listen to what Dave had to say. Okay. So we're here at EAG, Dave Peterson, and, um, basically the main finance guy at Stern. Here's part price. So you bought in around 2010, I think. We invested in the company at the, yes, the end of 09, beginning of 10. Right, and if you want to read all about Dave, there's just a reprint of Pinball Magazine number two out, which has an interview with Dave from 2013 where he explained how he, and why he invested in the firm Pinball. Um, now we were doing a little pre-talk, but what I found very interesting is what you said that you invested in the, uh, in the community. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing that made us interested, interested in the company was uh, when we looked at it, we were impressed with how pinball enthusiasts, collectors, pinball people supported pinball during a very, very difficult time, which was the Great Recession. And because of that, uh, that, that gave us some comfort that the business wasn't going to go away, that there was interest in pinball, and that if... Uh, if we could uh, grow the community and create products that were the kind of products that the community would buy and be interested in supporting that pinball can go on for a very long time. Right. Um, so we're now in 2020, so basically you had your first decade of investing in pinball. Right, yeah, exactly. It's hard to believe it's been 10 years, but... We really invested twice because we invested in, in the beginning of 2010 and then we basically more than doubled down in 2013. And uh, the other thing that happened in 2013 was uh, I became more 
perspective, from a management perspective, um, as part of that investment deal. And we also really looked at the business and looked at what we could do in order to continue to expand Pinball and better serve the community. And so that's what led to all of the different models that we have today, how we do different games for different types of buyers, different price points, how we, the reasons that we got into the uh, accessory business and into the merchandise business. Um, we're getting more and more into the aftermarket parts business and all of that stuff will continue. And it's, it's uh, and ultimately what we're trying to do is to better serve the community. Uh, 
uh, and that that's making the world better for pinball. And so, uh, so every year, uh, inevitably, there will be some games that do better than we thought they would do, and there will be games that didn't do as well as they thought as we thought they would do. But uh, the pattern that we've had for the last several years is that uh, overall we continue to grow at a very very healthy pace. Right. And then at the end of the year, like you had total units combined that you expected, you were like, oh, we expected to do this many thousand games. Did we exceed that? Or is it really based on the title by title thing that you're like, okay, this title didn't do so well, others did better, uh, but in general, we're still doing better than the year before or the year before that? Yeah, no, that's exactly what we do. I mean, we, you know, what's nice is, uh, is that we have uh, a number of games, obviously, uh, compared to 10 years ago when uh, the company would have a, maybe a couple games in the market. Uh, at this point, you know, we will have we have lots of games in the market, and uh, but again, we also have expectations for how they'll be received uh, and what the demand will be for the games. But overall, what we're trying to do is to make sure that we hit the overall goal for number of units, revenues, because all of that is what we use in order to decide how much we're going to spend every year. Right. So, so if, we, if we look at back to that uh, 2019, were there any surprise uh, titles that did better than you expected? I think well one of the one of the um, we had a couple of games in uh, 19 that were interesting. Um, Black Knight, first of all, was was one. Uh, Black Knight was a uh, an unusual game for Stern in the sense that it wasn't a big licensed title. It's a game that, of course, has a great history in the world of pinball, but outside the world of pinball, not a lot of folks know Black Knight. Um, and so uh, we were trying to decide whether to make that a studio game, which is usually a game that's targeted at the pinball world, people who really know pinball, or to make it a cornerstone. We decided to make it a cornerstone because we thought it had enough uh, awareness and uh, we knew it would get support from the pinball community. And uh, the game did, and the game did well. It did, uh, it, it held up as a cornerstone uh, without the benefit of having a big, massive title like Star Wars or Stranger Things or Star Trek or any of those things associated with it. So we were very pleased by that. Um, and uh, but that was a bit, that was a bit of a risk. But we were, we were happy with uh, how that turned out. Um, and then. Uh, other games that were, um, I would say that was, Black Knight probably is the one game that falls into the category of surprise. Right. We've been delighted with the reaction to Stranger Things. Stranger Things is another game, another title that's a bit unusual because it's a streaming title, Netflix title. And, uh, of course, you know, it's not the kind of title that had a bunch of support in the world from uh, a Disney kind of a release or a Lucasfilm or a Marvel kind of release where there's a, a lot of uh, 
that game is very well known globally, which is what we had expected. And uh, the reaction to the game is great. We're very pleased with that. Last year you did one premium edition and feature edition game. Was Elvira? Yes. Any plans for this game for 2020? Well, Elvira fits into that category that we call studio games, and studio games complement our cornerstone offering. And the idea there is that it's a it's a kind of game where we know there's interest, so there should be interest. If we do it, if we do a good job of developing the game and actually, and obviously executing against the, uh, the plan, and we make a good game, um, and so we'll be doing more studios in the future, uh, the same way we've done them in the past. Um, whether we'll, we'll introduce a studio game in '19, um, depends. depends no, or in, I'm sorry, in '20. We introduced one in '19. Sorry about that. So, um, on a totally non-related note, so we're here at the EAT, which is a trade show, but you brought like the entire family. I did, yes. I came along with, I brought two of my daughters and one of the boyfriends with us, and my wife's here, and uh, because they love London, and so anytime they have an opportunity to come to London, they're going to do it. Although this is the first time for my for the three kids, if you will, you know, so they're they're very excited to be here. Right. Uh, I mean, you're going to be here just today and tomorrow. You'll be in, in town. I will. Yeah, well, I'll be here. To, I'll be at the show today and tomorrow. And then they have all sorts of. Well, we went to Harry Potter yesterday, so we went out to the to the uh, Warner Brothers studio so they can see the the making of Harry Potter. it for the interview that I did with uh, Dave Peterson of uh, Stern Pinball and um, well I don't want to get all excited or you know but the fact that Dave Peterson is taking his family to Warner Brothers and, and Harry Potter uh, 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 studios mm-hmm. could that be an indication of maybe something yes indication they wanted to go and see the Harry Potter tour at uh, Warner Warner Studios, but uh, yeah, it uh, that was a nice little teaser to leave hanging there. I think uh, is is there a Harry Potter connection in the offing? And uh, well, you make your own mind up on that one. We'll, we'll, well see. Well, I know that the, the, they, they they were staying there for almost a week, so who knows the what other. Um, uh, business-related meetings have been scheduled in the meantime. Um, yeah. And it's interesting that they've mentioned that he would be on the show floor um, on uh, the uh, the Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, but on the Wednesday, I actually didn't see him. So right. maybe he's changed. His plans changed. Well, Stern did have a lot of uh, an awful lot of meetings going on at that show. That uh, they had distributor meetings. Um, being held up in the conference room where the the premium machine was, they were they were pretty busy. I think uh, throughout that show, they weren't just there to sort of meet and greet players. 
although they did spend some time down on the show floor um, talking to, to players, explaining all about the games. George Gomez in particular and Gary Stern were down there. Yeah, I, quite a bit, I think. But um, yeah, it was a it was a definitely a working trip for uh, the Stern Pinball crew at uh, the EAG show. Yeah, one of the things that really surprised me, um, and um, I'm not sure whether I mentioned it, but um, uh, George Gomez, who we'll hear in a bit as well, um, he has a short message for our uh, listeners. Um, I I, uh, I caught him a couple of times. Well, caught isn't the right word, but um, where he was sort of apologizing for Stranger Things being a fan layout and that it looks like a tech from Mars. I mean, if it looks like a tech from Mars, that's not something to apologize for. <laughs> oh, when I spoke to him briefly in the in the conference room, he was sort of uh, wondering why, at that point, why people were being critical of it for being a fan layout. So maybe, maybe his, his uh, opinion of it changed a bit when enough people told him that, that wasn't a problem. Because, uh, yeah, I think uh, there's if any two-flipper game is going to be you know, largely a fan layout. No, what else can you do? Right. And what else would you want to do? There's no point putting putting shots in places that you can't reach with, with two flippers. Well, unless you put in other mechanisms that, that can direct the ball... Uh, in those areas but but still um, the funny thing is I found uh, uh, playing Stranger Things um, certain shots really reminded me of uh, other games like the left or uh, uh, the left orbit shot that goes up the ramp that that really feels almost similar as uh, the getaway when the ramp is down and you can lock a ball um, same movement there is a shot that, uh, on the on the Left side of the uh, the demogorgon under the ramp, um, where mm. the ball is held with a, with a, up with a post, which re- clearly reminded me of Revenge from Mars. Um, there's other elements uh, of games um, in there. Um, uh, I st- uh, I think the the, the the layout of the game is actually um, good. I would say. Um, but um, I've also seen that the response uh, online um, on, on various forums, um, well, the game is not received uh, very well, I would say. Um, but I think that mostly has to do with uh, probably the music of, uh, of the theme. I mean, it might be very true to uh, Stranger Things as a theme, but it's very calm, uh, um, synthesizer, uh, 80s-sounding music, but it's not very exciting. And uh, I think that's um, what, what, what's causing people to, to not be as enthusiastic about the game uh, yet. But, well, if the, maybe they can change the music, and I think that would benefit the game greatly. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the way the code's going to develop It'll, it'll add some more excitement to the gameplay with, with effects and lighting effects as well. It's uh, it's early code, obviously. Uh, well, what, what we saw was anyway. Um, although it is interesting to see that the uh, the limited edition is actually on the production line now. So that game is uh, it will be shipping very soon. But it uh, what version of code that it's going to have on it? Um, we don't know. It uh, it was fair. I wouldn't say it was minimal, but it was. Um, 
it, it lacked a lot of polish that you would come to expect from a production game. So hopefully that's coming, and that will that will. I think that also the, the projector thing adds a lot to the, of excitement to it as well, and and can add even more if they they really work on the animations, the, the dynamism of the. Uh, the spinning targets, the drop targets, the ramp animations in particular, which were were pretty pretty placeholder when we saw them, and um, and also on on the premium the the, the stand up targets, which they project onto, which have, we were just sort of basically counting down five, four, three, two, one, and but not really in a loop. Yeah, there was no interaction. It, with, it wasn't uh, related to the to the timer of the mode or the number of hits you had to get. It was just a, a sort of demo mode yeah. almost. Just showing what's capable, what the game is capable of doing, what what, what the uh, what the possibilities are, but right. they hadn't hadn't implemented them at that stage. So right. I think that had a lot more to it as well. But it will be interesting to see what will happen with um, with that. And um, it's probably not fair to say, but um, earlier uh, today I spoke to someone who sort of compared it as a Stern's version of uh, Pinball Two Thousand. Which is like 20 years after actual Pinball 2000. So it took them 20 years, but they finally sort of caught up. Um, uh, I guess you could sort of see it like that, although uh, Pinball 2000 had um, um, was able to cover a, a, a bigger range, I would say, uh, than, the, than the projector can. But still, um, I. I I can see the possibilities uh, with this projector, and um, my reasoning was: if you once you figured out how to use that projector properly, then it would be a pity to only use it on one game. I agree. Uh, and what's what's to say that, uh, or who's to say that they won't use it on more games? Well, apparently, uh, what I understood from talking to uh, George Gomez and Gary Stern, they had no plans or no games in development that were that they were planning on to use a projector as well. Mm. Well, maybe they're waiting for the technology and the you know, the power of the uh, the LED illuminating the the image on the projector to to increase, such that I mean, if you talk about Pinball Two Thousand, of course. Bear in mind that had a a, a unique cabinet. Or back box design, which kind of shielded the playfield area where the projector was, right. or the projection was uh, reflection in this case of Pinball 2000. And um, so they, the, it was a lot more controllable uh, as far as the lighting conditions go. And uh, Stern's, Stern's design doesn't allow for that unless they redesign their their back box and, and cabinet. I don't think they're about to do that just to add a projector to the game. So they're probably probably going to see how. How this particular projector effect is uh, received by uh, by players and buyers and, and operators as well for those who, uh, who go for the the upper models, you know, the premium, the and the LE. Right. Oh well. So um, and uh, well. Uh, um, so I ran into um, George Gomez um, uh, a couple of times actually at the, at the show. Uh, so I asked him to uh, to give us a brief message, and I know it's the end of January, but <laughs> but still, here's George Gomez. Hey everybody, this is George Gomez from Stern Pinball, and I'm in London with Jonathan. Happy New Year, and uh, hope you like what we're doing. Well, we'll see what uh, George is uh, uh, and and his team um, are uh, going to be developing and bringing out. Um, 
later this year. Um, but we have uh, high hopes, as always. And um, yeah, well, one new thing I have brought out so far this year is uh, some new code for, for the Jurassic Park game. Right. Uh, they're, they're almost at version 1.0, they're, they're at version 0.97.0. Uh, which adds a uh, quite a lot of new stuff. It does seem that Jurassic Park is getting a, you know a, every every new version that comes out adds or adjusts an awful lot of uh, the the gameplay and the features and the modes. And this this 0.97 is no different. Um, lots of tweaks to the rules, uh, some extra rules for various modes, um, as well as adding in a few bug fixes. But uh, it also introduces, and I have to admit, I don't know the the Stern Spike 2 system well enough to know whether this is something which other games have got, but it adds a a whole bunch of graphic equalizer adjustments into the setup menus and and the configuration menus uh, for the sound of the game, which um, allows you to um, basically do a multi-band graphic equalizer on on the sound, which um, seems like a great idea. And um, also, I think allows you to whether or not you want to want to apply any of that stuff to the the line out, which uh, people can use to plug into their 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 own hi-fi or uh, amplified system, or of course for for streaming as well. So you know you might want to tweak the sounds of the game to suit your particular environment, uh, but also if you're streaming it, then uh, the the output from the game can be nice and clean and um, and not not adjusted at all for uh, for the stream. So that's a, that's, a, that's a new code version 0.97 for Jurassic Park. Okay, and I think that wraps it up for um, uh, Stern Pinball. I think you're right. Yeah. And, um, um, well, there's lots of um, little bits of uh, news that um, I suggest yeah, that, that, that were... Expectations. Uh, well, not only only that, but um, um, one of the other uh, top stories, if I may add, for January was that um, Pimble Magazine number two has been reprinted oh, and yes, is. Yes, we'll, we'll come back to that a bit later because uh, oh, my, yes, look, right at the moment, my my phone is ringing. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, so yeah. who's interrupting you now? I, uh, who I messaged earlier, and, and uh, he's, he's calling in right at this particular moment. Okay, so, so it's been um, two years in the making, almost literally. And right. uh, um, finally, we're going to have Gary Flower on the show. So okay. uh, let's listen to Gary. It just says Gary on the display. Obviously, it's my phone, not yours, so don't get the music. It just says Gary. So let's put Gary live. Hello, Gary. Hello, hello, guys. Hi, Hi Mark. Oh my goodness, Gary Stern. I was expecting a different Gary. Well, that's uh, very interesting. How generous of you to call. I just called and said, wish you a happy 2020. It's good seeing you at the show in London a little earlier. And I hope you loved Stranger Things. Well, who, who could not? Well, thank you for calling in so much. Yeah, we'd uh, have, if you would have known you would have called. We would have prepared some questions. But... Oh my goodness. Well, what a break. I gotta go to a meeting now, anyways. Hi, guys. Oh, okay. So he's off into a meeting. Must have messaged the wrong Gary. Oh dear. Um, I just went to my phone book and found Gary and, and checked to see if he was free, and, and he was. But it was indeed nice to see him at the uh, yeah. EAG show, and it was very nice of him to, to actually respond to your uh, request. Yeah. Oh well, th- yeah, thanks, thanks, Gary. Sorry, it wasn't uh, didn't give you the build up that we were uh, that you are uh, owed, but 
There you go. You never quite know how these podcasts are going to turn out. So oh. Uh, oh, uh, well. next time, or, or no, maybe maybe uh, Mr. Flower will, uh, will call in as well. You know, right. Well, stop ruling anything out. No, exactly. So, um, so in other news, um, Pinball Magazine number two <laughs> has, has been reprinted and is available in the Pinball Magazine webshop. Wow. And uh, obviously that issue has been sold out for, um, uh, I think, over two years now. And um, so it's available. Um, the content is... Yeah, give us a quick reminder of, of uh, all those wonderful people who were covered in that, in that magazine. Well, the co- cover story is on uh, the career of uh, pinball designer Dennis Nordman. And yeah, apart from them. Uh, Greg Ferris uh, chiming in uh, on the games that he did together with uh, Dennis Nordman. And uh, there's also a uh, quite a large article on uh, pinball news. Ah, right, yes. Not sure if you heard of that. That's a British uh, website that's covering all the latest oh, developments in, yeah. in, the, uh, in pinball and so on. So, um, But uh, anyway, if you're missing pinball magazine number two in your uh, collection of uh, issues of pinball magazine, then uh, now is your chance to complete your collection. And then uh, hopefully later this year, issue six will also become available Ooh. once I start working on it. What do you mean, start working on it? Well, well start working re- on it, yeah. Restart working on it, I right, should say. Right, that's more okay. Right. So, so to order Pinball Magazine number two, people go to pinball-magazine.com, yes? Yes, exactly. And thank you for the blatant plug, but let's not forget... Well, I haven't done it, I'm sure you would. <laughs> Um, let's not forget, and people might not realize that it's out there, um, but you did a uh, year in review for 2019, which is up on uh, pinball magaz- uh, pinballnews.com, um, which is quite an interesting read, I have to say. You really did, um, uh, well, you really outdid yourself, I'd say, you know, on, on the details that you put in uh, this, I, I, this year I did, in review. Uh, I did, kind of, thank you, that's very kind. I did kind of. Uh, go a bit overboard this time because well, it's one of those things once you start going into it in depth and you, know, you start um, looking at what all the, all the stuff that's happened with Stern um, then you really need to start doing all that for every other company and as you will see if you if you read the uh, the article on pinballnews.com uh, website that uh, we're actually looking at the fortunes of uh, 15 different either current potential or in some in one case past pinball manufacturers to see how their fortunes fared in 2019 and everything they got up to um, as far as uh, as far as we can report so there's a yeah it became quite lengthy and i'll just add also as a as a blatant plug um not for pinball magazine number two which you can get on the web shop but but on the Pinball News uh, website in, in that end-of-year uh, review article, 2019, gives you the chance to vote for your favourite game of the year. So we're uh, voting is well underway and uh, runs through until the 1st of March. So uh, if you would uh, care to vote for that, just go to uh, pinballnews.com, click on the uh, 2019 uh, uh, Year in Pinball article, and right at the bottom is a voting form where you can just you can just pick your uh, your favourite game of the year, and we will present the the winning games team or designer or company with the award, um, probably at the Texas Show or at the uh, Midwest Gaming Classic if they're not in Texas. 
Right. So. Which brings me to, yes, we will be at both shows just mentioned, Texas Pinball Festival and the Midwest Gaming Classic. And um, in case you're attending these shows, please note that we're on both shows doing our uh, popular quiz where you can win fabulous prizes. Yep, your phone obviously agrees with you. I can hear hear that in the background. So, uh, yeah, come along to our, our uh, So You Think You Know Pinball quizzes at uh, in Frisco and in Milwaukee. Right. Where we have a huge selection of, of, of wonderful prizes to give away. It's absolutely free to enter. We want to leave after our uh, after our quiz with no prizes left on the table and uh, lots of people with armfuls of prizes walking away having had, having had a good time. Uh, you don't need to know anything about pinball you still you can guess <laughs> but <laughs> it helps to you know. yeah then you're all in, in with a better chance uh, but the, the important thing is to have some fun and uh, it's not not confirmed yet but i think our uh, our appearance at the texas show is probably going to be uh, six o'clock on saturday evening which is contrary to previous year where we were the opening seminar on the friday but now we are um basically um um, the, uh, in, the the in-between entertainment before the Twippy start. Yeah, with a warm-up act. Um, so, um, come along to our prime time slot. Um, I, I, can we still six suge- o'clock, I think. Can, can we still suggest um, a, be- a best warm-up category for the Twippies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it might be a little bit late to vote for it, but we can do an ad hoc one and, uh, and, and see how that goes down at the show. But right. we'll, we'll maybe just gate-crash the awards. Right. Oh, well, we'll see. Um, and, uh, well, speaking of the Twippies, that, that sort of links to uh, pinball media. There is more news coming from other pinball manufacturers, but this is an easy bridge, I'd say. Um, there is some news uh, regarding uh, um, some uh, other podcasts of uh, uh, fellow uh, well, uh, friends and, 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 and what have you who are streaming or podcasting. Um, it appears that they have been combining forces, um, first announcing that they would be quitting, and then um, it appears there is um, uh, the Pinball Network, as it is called, that will be hosting um, all these various podcasts in some form or capacity, um, which would, as I understand it, it would be a... um, sort of a, a one-stop uh, uh, website address where you co- where you can go for all these various uh, podcasts. Not sure whether it's a portal or uh, or whether you can combine it, it with be, a, it. Seems to be a mix, doesn't it? It's partly a portal linked to to other um, other sites or other uh, hosts who uh, who are streaming or um, or doing podcasts, but also will have a schedule of uh, of either um, audio or and or video where you'll be able to pick up certain certain uh, podcasters or, or vloggers or whatever at certain times of the day um, on a, according to a schedule so right. that's uh, that's almost like a, a, a linear broadcast network but uh, but I'm sure all this stuff will be available um, on demand as well yes and uh, well um I haven't had my invitation yet. Uh, you? Uh, I'm sure it's in the post. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be invited to join at any moment. But 
so the Pinball Network does launch on February the 10th, I believe. Um, yeah, so they, got, they still have time. Um, and, uh, well, it will be interesting. I think it's uh, partly the same group of people that uh, already at Pinball Expo had a um, uh, sort of booth uh, for uh, podcasters and so yeah. on. So, uh, obviously, it's a, it's a group of uh, uh, friends, people uh, that know each other already, so... Oh well, best of luck to them, and um, we uh, we look forward to our invitation. Um, <laughs> and um, oh well, moving on. Um, yep. Like I said, there was still uh, some news from various uh, manufacturers. Um, let's start with uh, Jersey Jack Pinball, who released the manual for Willy Wonka. Yep, version one point zero, which. Um you might, although if it was code, you might think it would be the the finished product, but it's it's not. It's uh, it's still being worked on, and uh, there's various sections which are which are incomplete at the moment. But um, you can download it all uh, as it is in version 1.0 from the Jersey Jack Pinball site right now. Um, printed manuals are also available, even though um, I think section D I think still needs some work doing, and maybe that will uh, come as an addendum. But uh, there's a, obviously there's a lot of work goes into Jersey Jack Pinball manuals and uh, and Butch and uh, and the and the others who who work on that uh, put in a huge amount of effort. So uh, it's great to see that uh, that Willy Wonka's now getting uh, a manual that's uh, that's worthy of the game. Right. So um, I think uh, that's probably all the news from Jersey Jack at the moment that we can share. Um, yeah. Um, we're we're not expecting their uh, their next game, game number six, to be announced anytime soon. But you never quite know. Um, there's there's a bit of a, a bit of a, a sort of crush when it comes to new game announcements in around the Texas show in March. So other companies are going to be those who who haven't announced they're going to be uh, revealing their next title there are going to have to try and work out whether it would be better for them to to try and preempt all that or to give all those announcements at Texas a bit of a, a bit of a clear air so uh, they're not they're not sort of overshadowed by everything that's going to be happening with other companies right so um, i and think that the whole february march april time and also the mgc show as well not to forget that where Stern have in the past traditionally launched uh, a new game. Uh, that's that whole February, March, April window is is kind of difficult for any other companies to get much uh, publicity from if they wanted to launch their games. Then, right. And uh, um, I happened to talk to uh, Jack Warnieri of Jersey Jack Pinball uh, yesterday, um, and uh, I got the impression that um, whenever they are ready to uh, announce game number six. Um, basically, they want to be ready for production. They don't want to be like announce a game and then it will take a couple of more months before it's actually in production. No, they want to announce the game and being able to deliver it straight away. Well, that's certainly been uh, been Jack's um, long-term aim, as I think probably true for for most other manufacturers as well. Right. And, uh, so far, at least Stern have actually managed to do that. I think with Stranger yeah. Things. Yes, correct. So um, then, um, okay, moving on to um, Deep Root Pinball, who are still, um, well, preparing for their um, big launch at the Texas 
Pitbull Festival, which is in uh, at the end of March. And it appeared that, um, as you may know, um, Deep Root has hired John Popperdewick, who is uh, the owner of Zitware, uh, a company that um, uh, sold uh, or pre-sold uh, several uh, uh, yet-to-be-designed pinball machines. Mm-hmm. And um, as part of taking on uh, uh, John Popperdewick, Deep Root also offered um, claimants who, uh, of, of, of uh, Zitware games uh, uh, compensation either in the form of a financial uh, 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 sum of money or um, a future uh, game and um, it appeared that Z- uh, Deep Root has invited uh, Zitware customers um, to the Texas Pinball Festival um, and including um, the provision of flights and accommodations during yeah, the festival. Yeah, that's very, very generous. Um, don't think anybody was expecting that um, at all, but uh, I think it's for those people who, um, probably those who didn't take the cash settlement, but who are who are awaiting a, a, a deep root game. Right. That should be uh, Retroatomic Zombie Adventureland, I, I right. guess. And, uh, yes, they will be able to uh, come to the Texas show and uh, and have VIP access to the to the Deep Root. Uh, the Deep Root, I think, will have a, a separate suite or room uh, which will be limited access, um, and those customers will uh, will be invited to uh, to come along to that room. Right. Surprisingly, those customers have not been invited to the Deep Root event in San Antonio. Yes, not not specifically. Um, they haven't certainly haven't been um, haven't had an offer of uh, flights and accommodation for that, which takes place uh, about two days before the Texas show. So I, I think I'm, uh, I'm guessing here, or I'm I'm, I'm uh, trying to interpret Deep Roots' plans, which is never a good idea. But I think I think they uh, Deep Roots certainly seem to want to make the 25th launch event at their facility in San Antonio, a, a press launch. Um, and then the the Texas show will be the public launch. So that, that'll be, be much more for people who, who want to buy the games, whereas uh, the San Antonio event is, is to answer questions from the press and those who uh, have a huge number of questions to ask Robert and the rest of the team about what they've been doing, how they've been doing it, and uh, whereas the, the Texas show is is all about launching the games rather than the, the company. Right. At least. So that's my interpretation of it, anyway. Right. Oh well. So we'll see. Um, so we're at least expecting uh, Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland to be presented at the Texas show, and who knows what other games? We'll yeah. Just have to, um, uh, to wait and Razz see. Raz is the only one that's been mentioned in any. Uh, pre-event publicity on the on Deep Root website. There is a full schedule of, uh, for the launch uh, launch event, and that's the launch of the company, not the launch of any particular game. So that takes place on the 25th in San Antonio. Um, they will be streaming, they say, um, portions of that launch event, uh, but on a delayed basis. I don't quite know what the delayed thing is. Maybe they don't want to be taking questions or uh, inviting comments from online viewers, so it'll it'll um, 
it'll be limited to the people who are actually there to ask the questions rather than uh, you know getting getting tweets and, and comments from from inside and other places uh, which which they would then be expected to respond to right. so uh, if uh, if you're not able to uh, attend the event on the 25th san antonio you will be able to see uh, portions of it um streamed uh, delayed and of course um you and i will be there and we'll both be uh, providing full reports on on what what goes down there yeah absolutely so and um um well uh, to finish off um other uh, manufacturers and no pun intended by the way um home pin uh, our um, Australian-China-based um, uh, pinball manufacturer has uh, shared some new uh, images of the cabinet of uh, their upcoming game, China Zombies, but they mm-hmm. didn't share any playfield images yet. Um, I was lucky enough to actually see some video of um, the game, uh, which I am not allowed to share. So I won't, but I have to say that the um, the playfield has, has quite a few mechanisms, um, and um, uh, I think it's an interesting uh, layout from what I can see with the mechanisms interacting with gameplay. It's still a rather simple game, but it's not. Uh, it's completely different than uh, the, the the Thunderbirds game that we've seen uh, uh, earlier. I think a so, lot of people will be pleased about that, right? And uh, but obviously, with the Chinese New Year uh, about this time of year, um, that means that basically the factory is closed for a month, if not for longer. So uh, I don't expect any news from Hongping anytime uh, uh, soon. Um, I think that the, 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 they will start building the games once everybody's back from their uh, chi- uh, their Chinese New Year's holidays. So. Yes, which um, which may be extended a bit. I don't know, depending on uh, the situation with the uh, particular uh, coronavirus that's going on down there. But uh, hopefully, hopefully that's not uh, impacting on anything that's happening yeah. with the or any of their suppliers. Right. And then speaking of that part of the world and tragedies, uh, if you want to call the coronavirus a tragedy, um, if we move to Australia. Um, well, we have hackers pinball working on Celts. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly, there were actually some flyers for Celts distributed at the EAG Expo uh, in London. Um, I think you got one, I got one, and um, um, yeah. So that that was interesting. But um, you noticed that um, while Damien was uh, vlogging daily. Uh, about the progress on Kels. Um he stopped doing that January 17th. Yeah, I think that was a bit weird because um, I've been following those uh, those updates and um, and you no, know, he did say he was going to be doing them every single day. And now it's it's well, it's, it's almost two weeks at the time of this recording since the last one, and it makes you wonder what's what's happened. And there haven't been any updates on the Facebook page. Um, I don't think it's been anything on the Instagram either. Um, no explanation of, of why things have stopped so uh, hope everything's all right with Damien and uh, the development of the game and, uh, and they haven't been impacted by the, uh, the fires that have been going on in, in Australia 
or uh, or any any other misfortune. So hopefully um, everything will be back to normal, and we'll be getting updates from Haggis Pinball about the, the development of Celts uh, fairly soon. Uh, the last one, um, I, he was uh, cutting um, very acrylics and um, and redesigning the the speaker, the uh, the, the cabinet speaker, the subwoofer, um, to make sure it. Uh, it it didn't um, prevent the play field from uh, pivoting up. So that was, uh, that seems like it's still quite a long way to go before the game is anywhere near production ready. So, um, but it's interesting to see every step of the way, all the development and all the things that... Uh, all the hurdles along the way as well, I'd say. Yeah, I would say uh, exactly how, how hard, we always say you know, making pinball is hard, but uh, it is hard and, and these are all the steps that people have to go through, especially if you're if you're doing this as a, effectively like a one-man band and producing the game all by yourself, you have to deal with every single aspect of it. And uh, this is this is now a long time before we even got to the point where production and uh, and shipping has to become involved. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a way to go yet, but uh, it's hopefully um, Damon Haggis of Pinball will be back with their updates fairly soon. Right. Okay, then um, I suppose congratulations are in order for Color DMD, or yeah. maybe not. Uh, depends <laughs> on how you look at it. Um, in the sense that um, they completed, they they released their latest release was NBA Fast Break, and with that they completed the complete line of uh, uh, Belly Williams Top Matrix games. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a huge achievement. Uh, yeah, as you say, congratulations to Randy and uh, all those who have uh, developed the the uh, the company. Yeah, Randy and Chris, of course, and uh, everybody who's worked on the uh, the colorization of those games. It's been uh, it's been a long journey, and I'm sure it's not over yet. I'm sure they'll be looking for uh, for more titles to do. Right, but uh, yeah, to have got the entire Bally Williams lineup of uh, DMD games covered. Um, is uh, is a great achievement. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, congrats to them. And I have to say, uh, I really like their product. Um, uh, and that they're uh, also their their the display that they have for um, the replacement color uh, uh, dot matrix displays um, really add uh, to the game. I'm re- uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of those. Probably should put them in my own games as well at some point. <laughs> so, um, and uh, well, speaking of sort of customization uh, of uh, pinball games, um, mm. there was an announcement uh, by Classic Playfield Productions that they are now offering a, uh, a custom re-theming shop, which basically means that if you have, um, I don't know, let's say a, a, an old Valley uh, Dolly Parton game, and you want to re-theme that into something else, then they can, uh, basically, you provide them with the artwork for the playfield, and they can print it for you. You provide them with the artwork for the side art, and uh, the back glass, and so on, and they can play uh, print that for you. Um, all you have to do is then uh, either re-theme um, uh, any um, uh, software if necessary or add to it but um, when it comes to the printing part um, they can help out a lot and they are that's a service that they have now started to offer so I thought it was interesting to briefly mention yeah is that um, is that on new playfields or do you supply a playfield and they, they reprint it 
I think you can either choose. Uh, for most of the play fields, they um, uh, are likely to have files in stock, so they can uh, um, cut, cut a new play field for you if you want that. But you can also send in your own play field, which will then be sent down and then print on top of that. Right, and, and no minimum numbers. You can, you can just do no, one-offs. I think this could be like a, if you want to do a one-off, yes, that's, probably, that's possible. So. Wow. I think we'll be seeing a lot of a uh, lot of custom games coming out then with using that service, right? So, um, and um, well, last not uh, but not least, um, two code updates, uh, mm. which I thought were uh, interesting to mention as well. Yes. Um, the first coming out being uh, Alien 1.3 Beta, um, not officially approved by the Pinball Brothers, but they agreed to uh, to. Get have it be uh, allowed to be distributed. So um, I haven't seen any uh, gameplay footage or whatever uh, about it. But um, maybe you no. know something more about as, it. But. As far as I understand it, I mean this, this version one point three beta from Brian Dominey, who was uh, obviously uh, involved and uh, I say led the development of the original game code. Um, it's it's not a sort of um, it's not a revolutionary up upgrade for for the game. It's um, it, it's more of a sort of a, fixes a few bugs and tweaks a few niggles, things which have been annoying um, to Brian and and maybe some some other uh, owners of the game who asked for uh, those things to be adjusted. So it's it's a nice to have, but I don't think it's vital. But um, it's no, it's given the way that you can upgrade the, the software in the game fairly easily. You don't have to go back and burn EPROMs or anything like that. It would make sense to, to uh, implement it and uh, and obviously give your, your feedback and uh, and thanks to, to Brian, who's uh, spent all his own time uh, unpaid in order to uh, to bring this new version 1.3 out. So right. uh, thanks to Brian. Right. So, and the other um, code update, if you want to call it that, although this goes a little further... Mm. Um, is something that I read about yesterday, and that happens to be a, a completely rewritten uh, uh, update for uh, No Good Gophers that includes a uh, an LCD instead of a dot matrix a, a speaker panel. You, uh, you have to get a PROC uh, set yourself, um, and then basically you're still using the No Good Gophers playfield, but uh, uh, code-wise, it's a completely different game. Yes, I was reading about it um, as well earlier this week, and it's um, it's from James Cardona, and it's called uh, No Good Gophers 2.0, as is the uh, the standard naming convention for uh, for alternative versions of uh, or the first alternative version of an existing game, like Bride of Pinbot 2.0 and uh, and others as well. So no good gophers 2.0. It um, it does cha it changes the rules and the storyline somewhat. It obviously, it's still around based around golfing, but it uh, it introduces a, um, different characters. Now, there's still um, still one gopher, but there's also a, a bear who wanders onto the golf course as part of the storyline for this game. Um, and um, I, if I remember correctly, um, he gets hit by a golf ball and thinks he is a gopher. 
so uh, the two of them were, um, then kind of team up in order to uh, to drive the golfers off the golf course. Mm. And um, there's, there's a lot of 3D animation on the uh, LCD display, which uh, which all looks very good. Uh, I personally, um, I'm being working in the graphics business. I I was really kind of irked by the the text and the and the sort of user interface of it. I think it, it needs a lot of work in order to make it uh, more legible and more coherent. But that's not to take away at all from the huge amount of work that's gone into developing the the game, the the modes. Um, there's there's two different approaches to the game. You can you can work through all the modes, or you can work through all the holes, all 18 holes, in order to get to the wizard mode at the end. And uh, I think some of the 3D stuff they've done looks looks really nice. But um, it's it's not going to be it's not a free upgrade. You know this is being sold. Uh, I think the cost is around just short of a thousand dollars for the um, for the code, and I don't. It includes a speaker panel as well, but yeah. it doesn't include the P Rock board. You have to buy that separately from uh, Multimorphic. Right. So this is a, a P Rock customization of uh, No Good Gophers. It doesn't include. It should say any of the original code. So it's not a license from Planetary Pinball or Williams. This is an entirely new take on the game using the existing playfield uh, and playfield mechanisms. So uh, if you can imagine the kind of amount of work that has to go into that if you don't, if you had to recreate or well, create your own new um, soundtracks, sound effects, uh, voice calls, animations, you know, every lighting effects, everything for the game has to be built from scratch. So you know it's not surprising that uh, there's a charging in, involved in, in upgrading to or, uh, or implementing version 2.0. But uh, it looks very nice. Um, work, work still to be done, but uh, it's, uh, it's a testament to the amount of work that's gone into it, just how far um, um, James has got with uh, with version 2.0, and I think everybody should have a look and uh, and check out to see all all the work that he has been doing. Right. Okay. Well, I'm interested. Not that I have that game, but um, um, I'm certainly curious to see uh, what they turned it into. So. Yeah, it's it's quite something, um, and and I think it'll it'll get better with with more input from uh, from reviewers and and uh, potential buyers. Right. Okay. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we're almost through um, all the topics. I think that we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, all the other companies, I think, um, like American Pinball, uh, Chicago Gaming, uh, Multimorphic. I think we're we're all expecting them to be revealing things at the Texas show. It's not not guaranteed. And uh, you, know, you and I were talking to uh, Ed Van Der Veen yesterday. And he's not entirely sure who's going to be there um, and showing what. Well, he knows he's going to be there, but he's not sure what they're going to be showing. Right. And, well, and all this is liable to change up to the last minute as well. You know, anything can can come in and, and interrupt a, a launch and, and cause it to be delayed for one reason or another. Right. But uh, that certainly is looking to be a, a big launch pad for a, for a number of companies. Right. So, uh, well, we're looking forward to that. Um, I do have... A bit of news which is completely not pinball related, but since I have the platform, why not shamelessly plug 
Um, uh, That's right. We can always edit it out later. <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, February 14th, yes, that's Valentine's Day. Um, as many of you know, I DJ and I also produce music. And um, I will be releasing a uh, uh, the new single by Remix the Remix on my Unigroove label. And that will be available worldwide on all streaming platforms like Spotify and what have you. Um, and that song will be called uh, Diamond in the Night. And the, the reviews I got is people have re- really been telling me this is uh, probably the best production that I ever put out yet. So um, I encourage everybody to check it out February 14th or after that on Spotify and uh, and other channels. And this is music that you've created, is it? Yes. It's a cover of, okay. a, of a song from 1983, but the production is entirely in my hands. And I found an American singer who um, uh, who did the vocals, and um, well, things are looking uh, like I said. We're looking at a release for February 14th. Although I also got an offer from a record company who uh, already showed interest to uh, licensing the track for the for the entire world. I'm not sure whether I want to do that, but for now, let's continue with the idea that it will launch February 14th on my own label. Right. Well, don't don't forget us small people when you're up there giving your acceptance speech at the Grammys next year. You can give us a shout out. That would be very nice. Uh, I'll make a note of that and um, I'll put you at the top of the list. Oh, thank you very much. So, um, I guess that wraps it up for uh, January 2020. And um, we're looking forward to uh, be back with a new episode of the uh, Pinball News and Pinball Magazine podcast uh, at the end of February. Obviously, looking back at February 2020. And uh, hopefully, we will get Gary on the phone then. The right Gary. Not that the other Gary was not the right Gary, but... Uh, I'll I'll rescue you from digging yourself into this hole. And uh, yes, uh, we will make uh, our best endeavours to get uh, Mr. Flower on the show. But bearing in mind that um, he will be with us definitely in in March, won't he? Because he'll he'll be with us at the Texas show. We know that much. Right. And also at the Midwest Gaming Classic. Right. So, and we're uh, in between those two shows. We are traveling together. That is right. And um, the, and that should be uh, around the recording of a new show. So, in theory, we might have a special episode with special guest Gary Flower. Yeah, actually, actually, you know, perhaps we do it in the car. I don't know, or in the hotel room, or we do it somewhere anyway uh, on the road, and uh, bring you all the latest from from Texas and Deep Root and everything else that's happened in March. But we will be back, as Jonathan said, at the end of February, looking back at uh, all the events from that month. Right. And, um, well, you can find us on uh, 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 where you found us now. Uh, But who knows? We might be on the Pinball Network. (laughs) (laughs) Stranger things have happened. (laughs) So, all right. That's it for me. Uh, Bye-bye for now and uh, until next time. We'll see you then. Okay. Bye-bye.